back with another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey, a podcast brought to you by a couple of blue collar workers. <laughs> I can't even get it out all the way. Yeah, no, we're not blue collar anymore, are we, buddy? No, we're white collar. For sure. For sure, white collar. We sit at our desk 90% of the day, so. For sure. White collar. Uh, but came from Blue Collar. Yes. We talking did. about our journey and enjoying some bourbon on the way. So let's talk about some bourbon first. We have our Jefferson Reserve Twin Oak Custom Barrel. Very rare, according to the bottle. What they labeled it. <laughs> um, so it is a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 45.1% alcohol by volume, which makes it a 90.2 proof. So a little light on the proof for us today. But that's okay because it's a Thursday afternoon and we don't want to be um, inebriated no. for the rest of the workday. So let's uh, let's take a little sip. We also didn't have all of our normal uh, supplies on hand. We did have to hand make some simple syrup. Yeah, which that's what I do at home. I don't buy simple syrup anymore. I, actually, I'll take that back. I bought recently because I wanted the little squeeze bottle. But then after that, I just fill it up. What sugar do you use? Are you using the special sugar like at the cigar factory or? No, but that stuff is delicious. What's it called? Uh, you had to ask. I did. I text Joe about it not too long ago. So let me look through my text messages while we're I was... chit-chatting. Um, yeah, so it was. Uh, it's not hard. Uh, you know, obviously, simple syrup is just sugar and hot water. Yep. infused together right and uh so we just made a little bit um it does remind me of the video we watched yesterday while we were at our same page meeting where the lady made that old-fashioned <laughs> and it, it was not I, an old-fashioned it was incorrectly titled it should have been how not to make an old-fashioned yeah it was quite mm. funny and not probably enjoyable at all she it, said three ounces of whiskey and i'm pretty sure she poured it was like that whiskey sour hour. i had at juan's flying burrito that day where it came out in a pint glass <laughs> yeah and i immediately was like this isn't good <laughs> yeah some something's not right here i don't want to say what it is but so yeah so we watched a video about how not to make an old-fashioned but it was nice because we were able to uh to make ours today with some regular sugar we had here at the office. And I didn't even think about water. it. It would have been a little extra, but we could have used our run amok. Oh, we could have. And it's Demerara sugar. Demerara, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So thanks, Joe. Even though you're not here, you're in Dallas learning how to be a barista. There was a hotel somewhere we went that had Demerara on their old-fashioned. Louisville? It was Louisville. Yes, Louisville. Yeah, those were some really Which would make sense because it's the bourbon capital of the world, right? Yep. So, so we're enjoying this Twin Oaks Jefferson Reserve, and uh, today we are freestyling. We are ripping off our good friend Patrick Lencioni yet again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's listening to us here. Giving a, He'll probably giving send him us a cease and desist <laughs> order pretty shortly, but... So we're just freestyling. We don't have any set agenda for today. We're just... Uh, we, we knew it was time to record, and... We wanted a drink, so we figured let's let's hop on and talk. And we've got a lot going on right now, so it's not like there's not plenty to talk about. You're in the middle of a transition. You want to tell the tell the world, and by world I mean like our hundred <laughs> listeners, listeners a year. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> stepping up to do more of running the day to day here, getting ready for you to step out and run the day to day in another business. Yeah. So here is Office Pride, yeah. the commercial cleaning company that that's where the podcast studios are. Yeah. Old fashioned working whiskey. 
So here is that. And then uh, I'm stepping onto scooters in the, in the very near future. So we should be breaking ground on August 12th. So when this episode comes out, we should have already broken ground. If not, please send the search and rescue crew because I've jumped off a bridge somewhere and I'm not okay. Okay. So we've got all that going on. Olin's stepping in a new position. We're bringing on, we've onboarded two new office staff. We're looking to bring on supervisors. We've already had, we're getting ready to hire. Uh, we've made an offer to an assistant ops manager. And, and then we've also been working on a sales salesperson. Rep. I mean, we've got a lot going on. How do you, how do you keep up with all that? Um, Outside Very. of your personal life. <laughs> Guys, let me go ahead and tell you, this guy is a nut. He um, loves to be tortured. He's He uh, had his house for sale for the last 30 days, 30, 45 days. Yeah. Got an all cash offer, a little under uh, a little under the list price and with a 10 day move out and they accepted. And so they are uh, in the middle of boxing up their house and moving and they only have like a 500 gallon fish tank to get out of there. And so yeah. yesterday was the they garage. Were downsizing a little bit. Uh, tonight is the garage. Okay. I got the spare bedrooms, the bathrooms, all, all that, done. all that is done tonight. I'm going up in the attic to pull stuff out of the attic and then, Tomorrow and uh, Saturday are going to be the garage. That's so if we don't hear Owen on a podcast after today, <laughs> we know that the move was too much. <laughs> he yeeted himself out or, of the attic. Uh, something landed on top of me <laughs> coming out of the attic, you know. So how do you keep up with it all? I mean, is it so for me, one of the big ways uh, I have two big things and one I'm really good at and the other I'm not so good at, but I'm good enough that it keeps me organized. So I use a digital calendar and to keep track of all of my appointments. And then that's the one that I'm not great at great at that I, you used to chastise your wife for, right? Yeah. And she doesn't listen to this. So, um, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that being brought back up. <laughs> Um, darn <laughs> i like to stir the pot a little well, yeah yeah so uh i used to be way more uh dogged about my calendar and um i'm still really good about it um but the thing that's probably helped me more than that is my i guess i'll call it productivity journal um there's a ton of these out there but the one i use is called the best self journal and that's where I put my tasks, my to do's, my appointments, everything. I write it down in there. And I did try to switch to the digital version this that last Matt quarter. Uses, right? Yeah. And didn't like it. I just, I don't, I don't think I had the right system down yet. I was trying to do it on my surface and it just wasn't working. Okay. And so I switched back to the paper version, but I'm going to give it one more shot next quarter. I'm going to try and use my iPad instead and see if maybe okay. that'll get me off of the paper. Um, but yeah, that, and you know, this and everybody in the office knows this, like if you ask me to do something and you Make don't see sure me he write it, it in that journal, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> and so I'll do brain dumps in there as well. That's a big, big part of that. Like the other morning I came in, I think Monday morning and I just was like, blah, 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 and wrote down everything that was jumping through my head at that moment. So that I wouldn't forget about it later in the day. Yeah. So that's important. I'm, I'm getting better at the, the calendaring, uh, of life, you know, having to look ahead for travel dates and, you know, I'm, um, which you don't know yet, but I just scheduled, uh, 
my scooters training dates, uh, September 19th. And then, oh, I did mention it yesterday cause I'm going to fly yeah. back that Thursday night. Um, so that's all scheduled and yeah. And you, you know, you talk about that and really, and truly what we've got pales in comparison to some of our business heroes. Like I think about Marcus Lamonas and, um, like Damon and Mr. Wonderful and all these people. And I'm like, they've got way more going on than we do. They have personal assistance. This is true. They probably have more than one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Plural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they have one that rides with them and just writes things down and it's their job to keep them organized. Like there are Casey, but in Casey has to stay here and she has roles and responsibilities yeah. versus, you know, I mean, we've had uh, Simon T Bailey, uh, speak several times at office pride conferences. He's always got his assistant right there with him. You ask him a question and it's kind of like us in the business. <laughs> there was a cleaner up front. Hey, what the, uh, one second. Hey, Olin, <laughs> and here comes Olin. <laughs> What's you know? Yeah. Simon's a great guy, great speaker, but as far as organization, how many books, where to get book, get the books, how often, blah, blah. He doesn't know that stuff. That's, that's his yeah. assistant's role and she crushes it. And so I think that's probably why they have a little more success is, in that regard capacity is, I, I would say yeah definitely because because they have people that fill those roles and one day and maybe i guess because we'll be they don't make their beds at least not all of them well mark cuban does not for <laughs> sure mark cuban thinks it's a waste of time you know but it, it's so funny how different you hear like because mark has talked about making his bed is you know a complete waste of time you're getting back in it but then you've the the admiral that's yeah, um, you want to change know, the world, make start your bed. Start by making your bed, you know. Which I can see both sides because we've done both at our house recently. Um, prior to listing the house, generally, we didn't make the bed. But when we listed the house, obviously every morning we'd make the bed because we didn't know whether or not someone would want to come look at the house. And I got to say, like coming home and walking into the bedroom and seeing the bed made. So I was going to say, so prior to my relationship status, I was a not make the bed kind of guy. I was like, yeah. I just get up and I'm going to get back in it. It doesn't matter. Well, now that the relationship status has changed, the the bed making obligation has changed <laughs> and I'm normally first up and, and first out. So I don't have to worry about it that often. Um, but it is really nice to come home at the end of the day. It gives it a different feel when you walk now, in the room. Now, I still am avidly against throw pillows, and whoever the hell invented them, I'm sorry, you are the curse to my existence. They are the dumbest thing in the world, and I don't know why women love them. Because they're not throw pillows. That's what men call them. They're decorative pillows, sir. Well, I know I have to throw them onto the bed and off of the bed and onto the couch and off of the couch anytime I want to use either one of them, and it's annoying as all get out. Now, you have to pick where you're going to take your stand. And for me, it was the couch. That's we don't have tons of throw pillows on the couch. Like we have the we ones don't, that came. With yeah, it. we have the ones on the bed, not on the couch. Now, what we do have on the couch, I don't know where this obsession comes from, but blankets. I don't know if you guys have this issue. We but do now because we have a horse in the house. There's 42 blankets in the living room at any given time, and I'm like. Prior to the horse, no, we had a, a basket for the blankets. And if you were, we sitting, have a basket. If you were sitting down to watch TV, you got a blanket from the basket. And then when we were done, it went back in the basket. But now that we, um, I said a horse, and for the listeners who don't know, we have a Great Dane. Um, but now that he's on the couch and he thinks part of the couch is his, it is. We, <laughs> we put blankets down where he lays. Nobody's big enough to tell him otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Man. He's probably just getting used to the house and now yeah. you're going to change it on him. Yeah, but he'll be okay. Cause we'll be there. 
Like as long as we're around, he's fine. Uh, he has, uh, like the definition of Velcro puppy, man. Like if we're walking, if he's laying on the couch dead asleep and we get up and like walk to the office, he's like, where you go? Where you going? I'm, I'm going to follow you. And then if you're standing in the kitchen, like he walks up beside you and just leans on you. He's just got to touch you. Like, and then he's okay. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ours is like that too, but it's a small dog. It's a oh, so long hair Dotson. Yeah. And he's 14. And so I call him slippers because when he dies in a few minutes or months, it's, it's, it's inevitable. He's not doing well, but I'm going to have him turned into a pair of slippers because that way he can still always be right underneath my feet. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kind of our ongoing joke at the house, but he is, he's just right there. Like wherever you're, I'm like, what, bro, just chill somewhere. Go like, yeah. he has his own bed in the living room and his own bed in the bedroom. Like, and he's still like, he refuses. He'll yeah. like sit there and look at you. Like, huh? What you, I want, I want to be where you're at. Like, but it's a little easier to step around him. It is easier to step around him, but it is also easier to step on him, which <laughs> makes you feel like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, things change. Times change. We have to adapt. You know, we've talked about, you know, overcoming and adapting. We've talked about changes in roles and we're experiencing all that right now. How about the speed of, of slow for uh building? Whew. Man, I tell you, um, we joked about this where we used to drop by and you'd see a piece of property listed with a for sale sign out in front of a commercial property. And it seemed like it was sit there forever. And you're like, what's wrong with that property that nobody wants to buy? And then it was just like all of a sudden overnight, bam, the lot gets cleared and they build something all over it. And you're like, wow, that happened fast. But now that we're in this experience for ourselves, we realize, no, it's probably been purchased for at least a year and they've been going through the development process with our government and jumping yeah. through the 1 million hoops. And the, the, I don't even mind the 1 million hoops. If they would tell you all of the hoops up front, like, or just stop moving the target. Yeah. That's my point. Like, just tell me what the course is up front and we'll run the course, but they change it as you're running. It's like, it's like you, you think, you know, those uh, basketball hoop games at the arcade. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I'm going to shoot the hoop. And then about halfway through all of a sudden the hoop starts moving and you're like, Whoa, what? Wait, I wasn't prepared for that. That's what we feel like this has been. Yeah, it's it's been a nightmare, but a great learning experience. We do understand how it works now and have thus adapted, yeah. right? So we're we're it's a steep making, learning curve, but we've climbed it fast. Yeah, yeah. The first one is a, a real pain point because now we're paying rent on something that we're not producing yeah. income on. It's not built. Um, yeah, not even and our, our original building torn down. Our second location at this point may be opening concurrently. Before, before our <laughs> first, first location, yeah. we'll, we'll never know. All right, we'll, we'll know eventually. But yeah, so it's, you know, sometimes things don't happen at the rate in which you think they're going to happen. And, and you just have to be prepared to, you know, make some changes. You have to slow down and, and adapt. But that's true because, um, you know, Fern Harnish, and scaling up, it was always like, what's five years mm -hmm. down the road? And now, like with the speed of change through everything, through technology, the way mm -hmm. business is done, all that, it's like everybody now is three years. And I think even that now is such a long yeah, way out there target that it's kind of like, man, three years, I don't know. Like we could have flying cars in three years for all we know, mm -hmm. or, uh, self-driving cars that completely shake up everything. I'm really excited about that. Cause 
self-driving cars are where they're at, but <laughs> we're not quite there yet. So we're getting there. But, but think about that. Like the way things change, self-driving cars come on the scene and let's say they're all electric. What type of like our, our whole cars are set up for internal combustion engines and that design. But if it drives itself, you don't need to see where you're going. Mm-mm. And this will really make you happy. Like, what if you had a self-driving car? You want to take a long trip? Like, you could get one with a bed. Yeah, like, I thought about that. Like, what if I could just program Disney World in and, like, chill? Like, watch a movie, hang out, have a drink. Not necessarily alcohol, but, you know, just sit and relax. Instead of having to focus on the road and merge and this and Mm -hmm. that. Like, Well, in, in logistics of things get that get delivered, right? I mean... Right now, you got to have somebody that drives a vehicle. But let's say that we have a partner that or more than one store, like we need to get some inventory from this store to our other store. We don't necessarily need to hire a delivery service. We just had an autonomous vehicle show up. We load it up, tell it to go to the other store. It gets there. They unload it like, yeah, bam, super cheap and easy. And we don't have somebody that's tied up and we don't have to have the expense of a delivery service. Yeah. The world's going to change drastically. I mean, I think about where we came from. Like I was thinking about like as kids get ready to go back to school, like how much is school lunch now? Like I remember I used to get the premium lunch in high school. It was $3 and 25 cents for the chicken bag. You got three pieces of chicken, French fries, and you can put seasoning and shake it. I don't know if you guys had those over at Milton, but uh, I was also there a little, you know, earlier, but you were, yeah, you were at the rich school. So yeah, well, what can I say? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, You know, and I'm like, what what are those chicken bags going for now? Are they like six fifty? Are they what's I wonder, like a yearbook back in the day was like hundred and ten dollars. I'm like, how much is a yearbook now? Is it two hundred and fifty? What I, and I you know, we don't buy yearbooks. Like we'll buy a senior yearbook for the kids, but that's the only yearbook I've ever looked at. I like going back and looking like I would get one for them in the fifth grade, the eighth grade, and the twelfth like the last year of school, like of, of each school. Yeah, maybe. Cause like, I do like to go back and look at my, my elementary pictures. And then see, I have like the, the whole lineup of my school pictures so I can see myself. Yeah. But I wanted to look back and remember my friends. Now for me, it was a little different. I was a military brat, so I was moving every two years. So yeah, you I know. don't talk to most of the people. I don't school. either. I, I remember <laughs> we had a guy named Frank, the tank. We, and he was a great guy. Big, big old fella. I mean, but I in elementary school and I didn't, I still don't, I don't know where he's at. And then there was another kid named Ryan and then Amanda McCourse. Oh my gosh. She was my childhood crush growing up. She was, yeah, she was beautiful. I don't know where she's at. I mean, she was like eight at the time, but I don't know. Yeah, Between Heather and I, there's probably six people that we keep in like close contact with from high school. Cortland, one of those or no, no. Portland probably doesn't like me and doesn't remember me either. <laughs> if he remembers me, he doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Happens that way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I see some friends from school from time to time and there's several that I'm like, Oh man, it's and then there's some, I'm like, Oh gosh. Some, yeah. Now we artificially keep up with a, a broader circle through Facebook, yeah. but yeah, we don't really talk to or, you know, keep in touch with more than about a half dozen people. Yeah. Things changing. All right. What else? Anything else we need to debrief on? We were just doing freestyle, so I don't I don't think so. I mean, life is good and crazy and 
I don't want to say busy. Busy's not loud. Yeah. I know there's only like 18 people that listen to this thing weekly or every other week, but for real Todd Hopkins, our founder and now chief visionary officer of office pride corporate uh, wrote a book uh, called stop using the B word. The B word is busy. Um, It's our free commercial today. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed it. I, I am just, I was really blown away. Did he keep that title? Stop using the B word. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> some people think it's a different b word but it's busy well that's good that's the shock factor yeah right? exactly exactly so it's a great book i highly recommend you go on amazon pick it up um it's just a good read it's an easy read and there's an activity at the end of each chapter to help you learn how to apply what he's teaching to it so definitely uh definitely his one of his better books i don't you know now, can you be busy and productive? No. So the art of what it, what he talks about is busy is when we just fill our life with non-meaning, non-meaningful stuff. Like, okay. So he defines busy. Yeah, as- absolutely. Yeah. He's got a definition for productive and busy because and it all starts him with him talking to Michelle, his wife one day, and he came home and he's like, man, I was just so busy, but I don't feel like I got anything done. And it was like, she was like, well, that means you had a crappy day. And he was like, huh? And he's like, I thought you were going to be proud. And she's like, no, not if you didn't get anything done. Like, <laughs> And he talks in the book about how we will put other things. And Casey and I were just talking about it yesterday. Like, oh, I've got this one thing I need to get done. But we are going to do the 13 other things that we don't have to first mm-hmm. because we dread doing that one thing. And, and that's, it's like that's where my journal is so key. Like there's a spot to write. All right. What are your top three things for today? And I try to get those knocked out first thing in the morning because there's so many other things that come up between eight and five that just want to monopolize your time. And not that they're unimportant, but if you allow those things to drive your agenda, then you forget about those top three priorities. And and that was Todd's whole point was, you know, busyness is really the willingness to do the important things to find success. Right. Busyness is allowing those little things that don't have to get done and especially don't have to get done by you at that moment to take over what you should be doing. Yeah. And so, like I said, I I think it's just a really practical book. I think it stepped on my toes quite a bit as we, you know, make this transition and and get into the new business. Like sometimes it's just like dreadful. Like we need to go close the truest account for magic beans. Productive. But we don't want to do it. Neither of us are like, mm, I'm going down now because we know it's going to take three hours out of our life and nobody wants to do that. But just got to put it on the calendar, buddy. Yep. Schedule so, it in. That'll get done next week for sure. So, <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, folks. <laughs> as we, yeah, as we kind of freestyle, just talk through what's going on in our lives, um, you know, chaos and clutter and craziness but that's what we love that's what we feed on and we're we're good at taking that and turn it into something that's going to be amazing for ourselves and the generations to follow so thanks so much for tuning in to old-fashioned working whiskey i highly recommend you go grab a bottle of the jefferson's reserve and uh sit down and enjoy a drink think about your friends your family and your loved ones so long from old-fashioned drives you nuts doesn't it i feel like you just are trying to see how close i can get yeah like you're just like i'm gonna make olin pay and just get right up to that last little